So welcome, 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 so welcome to No Stupid, stupid Questions. Question. Hello, everybody. This week's up, folks? It's for real. It's with for real. T-Leak like, and rah, Jag. Rah, rah, like a dungeon Jag. What's up? No, no <laughs> specific no order. I love No Stupid <laughs> Questions show. <laughs> Can we curse on this show? Do whatever it's we feel. Time okay. is question for today. No. Rah, rah, like All right. Stupid. So, Question. No stupid question. Welcome to this episode. My first question is, who are you? No stupid questions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of No Stupid Questions. We have Jag in the house. And T. Leak. How you doing today, T. Leak? I'm okay. So this is the show where we have. Two smart people and one simple question, or so we think. What's the question for today? Uh, the question for today is, is Black History Month still relevant? Ooh. Is it still relevant? Well, first- um, That's your reaction to every question. Because <laughs> I, I had another reaction, and the question was, was it ever relevant? But um, i answer your question. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you your ad. <laughs> this is this is like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. Um, um, so I am going to say yes. It is still relevant. Um, and after I hear your answer, we get into the details of why I say yes. It's relevant. Well, I'm going to actually agree with you today. Okay. And in fact, after. Uh, thinking about it and doing a little bit of research, I think it is actually more relevant than ever before. Would you agree with that? More relevant than ever before. Um, actually, I, I probably don't agree with that. I think there was a time where it was, I, I think the beginnings, things are always extremely relevant in the beginning. And there was a, a movement and an emotion that birthed um black history month and i don't know if it's more relevant now than it was then but i'm 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 interested in to hear why you think it may be okay well why don't you give the reasons why you think it's relevant now and then i'll 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 riff off of that okay um so i say this in the eye of the beholder and i think black history month is relevant for those of african descent in america and, you know, I had to pause when I said that because, um, you know, these DNA tests are, are changing who is of uh, the notion of who is of African descent. I've seen more and more articles of people who thought they were 100 percent Euro finding out that, you know, 5, 10, 15 percent of their heritage was African-American. Um, I, I, I mean, was African. So I think that's interesting. That's uh, if people have open minds about that, that may change some thoughts. But getting back to the question. We may have to have a show about that. That's interesting. Haven't done mine yet. Have you? I have not done mine, but both my parents have. So as, oh. as long as I'm... <laughs> you, you come through it with their results, you don't feel like you need to get some... Yeah, as long as I am who they say I am, oh. I don't think I need to do my own okay. test. All right. I hear that. All right. Back to Black history. Okay. Um, you know, it goes to the point of you need to know who you are uh, to... to um, know where you're going or at least have the strength and the confidence to do the things that you may want to achieve. You realize when you build on the backs of others 
uh, it's not so hard as if you're thinking you're the first person to do it. Uh, that's why I think it's important to highlight some of the achievements of, of, of Black Americans and Africans in general. Is that, that, that's, is that, that's your final answer? That's, that's <laughs> my intermediate answer. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm reflecting on what I said, which is that it was more important than ever before. And maybe it's as important as, as it ever has been in history because I feel like we're at a very critical point. I think we're, we're at the same point of backlash that we were in the time that this came up, right, which was post-Reconstruction um, when, you know, you have, I think, <laughs> I, and I hate to uh, sort of draw a, a parallel between these two, but you know, Barack Obama being elected is like, you know, all the other um, legislators that got elected to, to Congress after, after, you know, after emancipation. And, and that just caused the whole lot of, as I say, roaches to come out of the, 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 the corners, <laughs> you know, the kitchen got a little dark and they were like, yes, it's time to come out. So, so yeah, I, I, I so I will temper my it's more relevant to it is as relevant as it has ever been i think it's for the same reasons that you say which is that um there feels it feels like and you know some would say eh, it don't just feel like it there's a real movement uh, backward um as it relates to um jesse smollett aside uh as it relates to the way in which <laughs> blacks are being treated in this country <laughs> that's a whole separate show too ain't it um and i um you know I, I i really feel like it's it's a critical moment for us to continue to move forward um for us to have some conversations and i think black history month can be a really important part of us having those conversations and understanding um that there is that we need, you know, equal footing, and we meaning black folks. So you think we're actually going backwards? That's interesting. Um, I well, mean, let's, I think let's. I'm, I'm sorry. Let's just do a quick intro to how we got here, right? We we started wanting to do a show on, you know, supposedly a lighter show. <laughs> right. On okay, can can we? remember um 10 significant figures in black history can we name them and i think both of us had this kind of um sort of nostalgic uh, memory of of uh how black history month was celebrated when we were uh in in grade school and you know it was uh, performances of black writers and black playwrights and black poets and dancers and it was, uh, you know, posters all over the school. Um, it was, um, and th every, that was my experience. Every kid had to do a project, right? Every kid had to do a project. It was, and and um, I mean, you can talk about your experience, which I think we discussed briefly with your kids. But my experience was that that wasn't happening. I, I talked to, I mean, I don't have any children, but you know, I talked to my nephews, and my dad talked to my nephews, and. There were things that they didn't know and they really had didn't have any awareness um, from their 
school time at least of Black Black uh, History Month. So it, it it became a question to me, um, and for us both as to whether or not there was still relevance. Um, and and I think that's how we we got here. Right. Um, yeah. And I guess I, I you know I have three kids um, in the third, fifth, and seventh grade. Wow. And, you know, when I asked them about what they were doing for Black History Month, you know, there may be a short snippet here and there, but the focus clearly was not the way it was when, when I was in school. Um, so clearly, uh, and at least in some circles, and maybe the most important circles, uh, elementary and middle school education, um, they have the, it, the, the movement has passed. Um, now, I also know those schools are more integrated than the schools I went to, for the most part. Uh, and, and so maybe they were never a focus on Black History Month in, in schools that were integrated to this extent. Um, well, can I, let me pause you there, because actually that's an interesting um, observation, because I moved from um, a pretty much predominantly Black school in Harlem um, in from first through fifth grade, ultimately, to a private school that was predominantly white um, in Midtown uh, Manhattan in the sixth grade. And I will tell you that uh, Black History Month, mm, not so much celebrated. Right. Um, like you said, snippet, but not anything like the predominantly black school that I was in. Um, so it, it is interesting to look at these different environments um, and understand what what the focus was, um, and and actually let's let's talk a little bit about one of the things that I didn't remember. I remembered his name, but I didn't remember how Black History Month got started. So this okay. is our, this is our little history of Black history, <laughs> right? Black history of Black history, right? Which is Carter G. Woodson, right? Uh, originated Negro History Week. So it was a week and his intent was really to, to show black people. So it was a focus on black people um, to show them their greatness and really inspire them to you know, higher and higher achievements. Um, and so um, you know, he was very invested in um, documenting the, um, the historical achievements of, of black folks um, because no one else really was. And, um, and I, don't, I don't know that I remembered that. I mean, you know, again, when I moved from sixth grade, so I don't, you know, know that I remember everything from those other years, but that was something that I had to look up again. Right. And, um, and I don't, and I, as I've talked to a couple of people afterwards, not many people can name him directly as the originator of this month that we, that evolved into a month. And I think that's very interesting and, and somewhat telling. Right. So, I mean, clearly, um, and it's interesting because uh, Dr. Woodson was the author of The Miseducation of the Negro. Um, mm-hmm. so, Which I need to read again. Right. Um, and, you know, all of, all of those uh, books would be interesting to read again now that we've had some life experiences behind us. But, you know, so, so just to round out the history, Negro History Week was started in 1926. Um, and it was chosen between the birthdays of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln, which happened to be in February. And so it evolved into Black History Month in 1976. Yeah, so to that point, let's um, kill that myth 
you know, everybody says we only got this month because it was the shortest month in the year. But let's be clear, <laughs> a black man started this month, coincidentally, in the shortest month of the year, because he wanted to actually draw attention to the fact that it's not just about Frederick Douglass and, and Lincoln and these two individuals who made, you know, the black, who brought the black race to where they are. He wanted to really bring people's awareness to these other people that have have contributed to the, the progress that we have seen. So I'm sorry, just right. a little myth that we need to kill there. Even though that sounds sounds like a good, good it does. Um, story to have. That's how it continues. They, they, That's gave, how us short, they gave us the shortest myth. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I mean, obviously he recognized that. Um, and, and, you know, I think it is a sense of pride, uh, but it's also, it paves a way for others who want to achieve um, if they know that people before them have done similar things. I mean, if you, if you really think that you're the first one forging new ground, it becomes very difficult. Uh, but when you understand that really you're, you're, you're building on the backs of greatness, which has always been a part of your culture um, since the, the pyramids in, in Egypt, um, then, you, then, you, then you realize that you can do and you can achieve. And I think that was what at least my interpretation of what Carter Woodson was trying to portray. Yes, and then, and I was not aware as well of the organization that he started um, and that there is a journal, that, that organization continues today and that the journal that they publish continues today. And I actually was gonna do some research into whether or not I could get a copy of that journal. But, um, and uh, what's the name of the organization? Do you have it offhand? Um, it's the American, it's uh, American history, the, uh, here it is, it, Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. Right. Um, so, and I think they've changed it to the African American Life and History, um, but I prefer black. So A-S-A-L-H. And they, they, they actually have a journal um, which they publish, which is available to, you know, a lot of educational institutions, um, but the Journal of Negro History. And I, again, had no idea about this because when you talk about sources, I mean, obviously we have the internet now, and so there's a lot of different sources um, for this type of information, but um, the, the journal that he started back in, I think the organization was started in like 1915 or 16, and then the, the Negro Week uh, history um, was um, Negro History Week was started after that in 26, right. as you said. Um, but yeah, the fact that that journal is still around um, is, is, it was very interesting to me. And I was very interested in, in kind of knowing a little bit more about it, um, which I'm, I'm in the process of doing. Yeah, so, um, so it's interesting that you know, and I said that there was no more, um, it, was, it was more relevant or I couldn't perceive a time where it was more re relevant than in 1926 when it was started. Um, but, you know, you may have swayed me a little bit when you talk about the backlash that has occurred since uh, the election of President Barack Obama. Um, and, you know, I'm, 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 I'm torn about that backlash because, you know, as, as we have two African-American presidential candidates who've announced in recent weeks. Black. Black. Um, 
so we that that may be the source of another another show as well. It, it is. I'm writing it down. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it, what? How has the backlash manifested itself, and and what does it mean for the long term? Is it truly what we suffered during Reconstruction? You know, I hope not. Mm. Um, but I guess time would tell. Yeah, and I and I um, yeah, I I feel like. I mean, well, <laughs> the, the field of, of the, the, the two black uh, candidates are in is very, very uh, crowded. So we'll it is see. crowded. We'll see how um, this, I think, I think also the first openly gay person. I know Bernie's probably going to be the oldest person to ever run. Um, so we've got a lot of diversity in that, uh, in that group. So let's hope that we see some women. I mean, lots of women compared to previous um, years. Um, so that'll be very interesting. But yeah, to get back to, to this question of um, the relevance at this point, um, you know, I, I actually was so kind of intrigued by this whole concept. I, I wrote uh, my blog post for this month's um, um, blog for diverse education on this topic. And, you know, one of the things that I talked about was that um, lessons in history uh, command respect and inspire progress. And I think the, those two, two sides of one coin, um, I think are probably speak to the audience for Black History Month and, and this kind of question of relevance. Uh, on the one, one side of the coin, you have this commanding of respect. And I think it is really important for non-Blacks to see that, um, you know, to pierce through to be honest, some of the stereotypes and see that there is a, a lot of greatness, a lot of achievement, um, a lot of accomplishment um, within the, you know, the, for, for Blacks. Um, so I think that's really important um, for them to not see, you know, I mean, I think I, I would say when I got to sixth grade at, at this private school, predominantly white in, um, Harlem, in Midtown Manhattan, excuse me, I was, I think people thought I was an exception because I was the only black child. Now, mind you, it was a smaller school. It was only 100 students, but I was 1%, literally. I was the 1%. So when you talk about, um, you know, representing, um, it'd be nice if they had a picture of a lot more than just me. Um, so that's the command respect side. On the inspire progress side, I think it goes back to what, um, you know, Carter G. Woodson actually wanted to accomplish, which was, you know, to really um, inspire Black folks based on, like you said, the folks that they're standing on the backs of and, um, and hope that we, you know, continue to move forward. And so, you know, that's interesting. Um, I, I think it's a noble aim to, to do both sides of the coin, as you say. Um, but I guess I'm less interested in the command respect part. Um, I, I, I think if you achieve, if, if greatness is inspired and you achieve it, the respect will come. Um, and I guess I'm more concerned with the things I think we can control as a people. And that is um, more along the lines of the inspired greatness part. I guess I'm not as hopeful that we can change other people's attitudes towards us. So on that note, so then what would your, would be your prescription for 
um, kind of renewing the commitment to Black History Month. Because, um, you know, when, when I talk about like it being for both sides of the coin, uh, obviously it becomes something that for me, the, the prescription would be rolling it into, you know, education, into um, formally, you know, having curriculum. That's not just if you're an African-American studies major, which, right, which is kind of where it's been sort of pitted when you talk about um, higher education, um, but that it be a formal part of everyone's education um, and that, uh, you know, we really uh, disseminate that, that information um, and maybe part of, um, you know, really give some suggestions in terms of how um, major publications can cover it. I know that I was very happy to see that the New York Times actually has a section they're calling Overlooked that they started last February in 2018, um, where they're basically creating those famous New York Times obituaries for people that had not previously been covered, specifically, um, you know, Black figures in history um, that, you know, deserved an obituary because of the con contributions they made to society. So, um, so yeah, so I, I think that that's, that's where I would see it for two sides, the two sides of the coin. So that would be rolled out to everyone. But if, if you were focused on the, the one side, which is really kind of inspiring Blacks to, you know, continue to achieve, how, how would you sort of that's a tough question. Um, I mean, obviously, if if you can use an institution to further that cause, um, that that an established institution that would be most beneficial. I mean, and if you could do it through the school system, uh, that would be great. But getting changes in the school system seems like a daunting task. Um, mm. But you know doesn't mean that the campaign shouldn't be started and we shouldn't push it hard. Um, but I don't think you'll see changes in that overnight. I mean, you, no. elementary and secondary schools, they're all talking about not having enough time to get kids prepared for the tests as it is. So I can see them balking at taking days or weeks out to revamp the history lessons. Um, well, so now we, did we talk about this before the, the Rhode Island kids that sued? They're, they have a class action suit against Rhode Island. We have not talked about that on this show. Okay. What do you, so do you want to introduce it? Well, no, because I don't know the details as well as you do, obviously. <laughs> um, well, there's a group of, um, I believe they're high school students and they have brought a class action lawsuit against Rhode Island. Um, basically stating that the, um, the state education system is not pro preparing them to participate in the political process. And I, 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 I mean, I love it because I think that is another thing that we're missing a formal education around. So civics, which I think used to be more important in schools, just like home economics, um, which from a health perspective, I always encourage that because people don't know how to cook and make their own meals. Um, um, so I think there's a lot that we've dropped out of formal education. Um, basically, I think we're moving towards this more white collar economy. Um, so we kind of have more of these sort of lofty, um, um, uh, I guess educational goals um, where we've taken out a lot of the practical stuff that is, is really needed and I would say from a social perspective when you talk about race relations and that type of thing this is where the curriculum that we're talking about comes in and, and to your point I think it's hard sometimes for people to see that 
and and see the the value because it's not as it's not as tangible as right. you know although we learn history i don't see how but anyway <laughs> so were you going to say anything about the kids about the kids the the rhode island kids or yes well you know that's an interesting um lawsuit that they brought um and and basically the petition says that the education system is inadequate to prepare them to function productively as civic participants. Huh. Um, interesting. You know, <laughs> it, it, it would be, you know, and it's a relatively new lawsuit. So, um, and I know their goal is to get to the U.S. Supreme Court. And, you know, the U.S. Supreme Court doesn't always hear cases that people hope they hear. Um, it'll be interesting to see how far this goes. I think it's I think it's I think it's great that they've done this, um, and maybe it's a roadmap um, for us to to try to revamp some of the history classes because if the history we're learning is not complete or inadequate, uh, I would argue that that also uh, does not allow us to be productive citizens in society. Well, and that's that's where I I head with it. Good point. Um, is that it's it's. I mean, we can't be productive if we can't relate to the other people in our society. And this is quote unquote melting pot we have. And um, yeah, I, I, um, I, I also wanted to say just in this context of whether or not it's more relevant now than ever before is also partly because I, I also remember, and I think it was in Texas. So you might, with the textbook that said that, we were um, indentured. I don't remember what the, the, the term was, but in Texas, there was basically a textbook that stated that slaves, it, it sounded like there was some voluntary <laughs> nature of the slave trade. And, um, and they were asked to change the verbiage in there. And so for me, that was probably one of the anecdotal things that feed my perspective or perception that things are moving backward. You mentioned that you, you kind of were asking me about that before, but those are the kinds of things that make me go, wait, 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 wait. We're able to now paint this as, you know, something that was desirable or, or at the very least that, you know, people were doing because they, you know, not because they had to or because they were forced into it. Um, so, um, yeah. Yeah. So the, the Texas, um, and it was, it was, um, I guess McGraw Hill. Um, right. Yes, it was. It was. That, mm -hmm. uh, published a textbook and, and they called the slaves workers. Um, yes. As yes. If, uh, as if they had a, a choice in the matter. Um, yeah. So, you know, again, a distortion of the history, um, it, it happens all of the time, which is why it's so important that we take the reins of our story mm -hmm. and, and, and craft it the way that it should be crafted um, and craft it in a light that I guess let's, let's the um, youngest amongst us realize that, you know, there is hope. Um, they have to work hard, but there is hope. And there were people that did it before them and they can surely join those ranks if they, you know, do their reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> or arithmetic. Arithmetic. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, so where do we where do we wind up then on this this question? Where where did you end up? Is is Black History Month still relevant today? I think absolutely it's relevant. Um, and I joked whether or not it was ever relevant. And I guess I was trying to talk from another standpoint, which was not my own. Um, but I think for for the Black community, Black history is extremely relevant, and we need to try to rejuvenate the efforts that went forth into portraying our history in the right manner. And um, I, I agree. And I, I still think it is as important now as it was when it was first started. And, and I did read that um, <laughs> Booker, Booker T. Oh, goodness. Carter G. <laughs> Carter G. Booker T. Oh, they used to like those middle initials. Um, so Carter G. Woodson, you know, I read at least on the on the um, the uh, Association of um, Negro Life and History that he was um, he would always hope that there would come a time when there wouldn't be a need for it because it would be sort of an integral part of what we the history that we tracked and and all of that stuff. Um, so I think he was hoping that there would not be a need for it. Um, and it, it's just, I guess it did sadden to me to think, eh, we're not we're not close to that anywhere near, because um, I do feel like it's, it's needed. Um, I do want to give a shout out to um, D.L. Hughley. I was listening to his show on the radio and um, he was, he was doing a, um, uh, a top 10 list of ways in which your life would be different without certain black inventions. And I thought that was a really genius way to get people's heads around it and not kind of just make it, um, you know, sort of an abstract concept. Um, you know, he talked about you'd be stuck in traffic because the traffic light, you know, um, by, ooh, Morgan. Garrett Morgan. Garrett Morgan, thank you. Right. <laughs> um, he talked about the hot comb, your hair would be kinky, which, we could probably use, <laughs> I don't know if this, but your life would be different. You wouldn't have that choice. Um, and then he talked about the, uh, you'd have hot food because apparently the inventor of the refrigerated truck was a, um, um, and you'd be cold. Apparently the first gas um, burning furnace was a black woman has a patent on it. So I was, I thought it was a, a really great way to, introduce um, some historical figures that had really important contributions in terms of the way we live our lives every day, which I think a lot of people can absorb and, and you know, kind of, it's much more accessible that way. So, so shout out to him for, for doing it the right way. And, and I know my, my intention is to um, work with my nephews. So I think each one teach one is where this, this is where we can start um, for those who are listening to this show is you know check in with the the next generation and you know um create opportunities for for learning around that i know my my nephews love baseball and my right. dad uh, my brother brought them a book about you know the history of baseball and this is where um we talked about uh the fact that jackie robinson was not the first black player in an integrated league um it was before um again it was i think what was it during reconstruction was it or 
Um, but basically, we integrated and then they then I think it was that again that post reconstruction period when there was that backlash that they basically outlawed blacks in, uh, in the um, in the, the major leagues at that time. Right. Correct. Um, so so again, history that you know kind of my nephew stumbled onto, but I, I'd like to make sure they have more intentional um, understanding of, of the history, especially of blacks in sports, because that's, that's a very interesting history. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I talked about institutions being critical. Um, you know, we used to be able to count on the black church mm. Um, mm. and, and I know um, the black history images were plastered across the church when I grew up mm. um, can't say I've seen the same fervor uh, recently, um, but we, we, you know, so I, I, I challenge the black church to be a leader in this, hmm. but obviously the family, it starts with the family. So, yes. you know, the, the, the parents, the caregivers have to have to see this as important and teach their kids that, um, you know, people, people came before them and achieved. Yeah. And I'm going to mention one other thing. I know we're, we're wrapping up. Um, I read an article on the importance of um, history for children um, that were adopted by a different, um, had adoptive parents of a different race. And they actually have done some studies to show that when those children understand their history and identify their history and their, their specific sort of, um, you know, culture, behind the race, um, they are more successful. Um, they're more, I guess, I guess you could say well balanced. Um, so it is extremely important to, to see, as you said, to, to see that you're not the first person to do this. You're not the first person in this environment. You're, that there are others like you um, that, um, that are doing what you want to do or what you aspire to do. Um, or that have achieved at, at similar levels as, as to where you, you know, you're shooting for. So, so the, the, this is not just, you know, Jag and my, um, you know, well, it is our, <laughs> just random thoughts. But at the same time, there's, there is some, some, uh, some research around this that says that this, this is important, um, just how important I think is, is where we may, we may differ. There we go. No All right. Questions. <laughs> no stupid questions. Thank Thanks, you, folks. Bye. You can ask any question that you want, or don't ask no stupid ass questions. <laughs>